The following message is presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Now the message. Well, if you have your Bible this morning, and I hope you do, if you could join me in Revelations 2, in God's infallible inerrant word, there is nothing more nerve-wracking than a bunch of people voting on you. I'm just going to tell you that much. So I'm telling you, you're not here for me, and honestly, I'm not here for you. We're here for Jesus. Like my brother said earlier, and, and thank you, uh, church family, for your hospitality, your kindness yesterday to not only me, but also to my family. Uh, you made us feel certainly welcome. And uh, I know I talk a little different. I'm an inlander. And uh, so when I told some folks where we were going to view of a call, they looked at me kind of funny, like, why would you want to go there? Well, I love the ocean and I hate the beach. So this is about the best I can find. So uh, again, just beautiful here right now. Um, I guess we'll deal with summer when it gets here. All things considered, and y'all have warned me well, just go inside. Um, mosquitoes so far have been terrible. Um, I don't, again, I have Lord, come on, Adam and Eve, right? I mean, can you imagine living in a place like this without the bugs and the snakes? And Anyway, we have had a blast. The food has been tremendous. Uh, the kids had alligator for the first time Friday night. Um, I grew up frog gigging. I'm an old country boy, uh, pretty simple, born and raised in the middle of nowhere. Jeanette's from Fort Smith. Um, you've probably read a lot. We've, we've served in some churches across this great country, but we stay in the South. Amen? All right, we are in a few things. Again, thank you, and I just ask today uh, that you not judge a, a sermon, but a heart, and that uh, you, it's not about a, a likability, it's about trustability. And um, folks, we have a common cause and a common goal, and the Lord has strategically placed you here to carry out a very clear mission and that is the Great Commission. So that's what we gather around. There are many things I'm sure over time we may or may not agree on. Uh, but as long as we can come together under the banner of the cross and the hope of the gospel, I think we're going to be a-okay. All right? A few things. Uh, transparently, as I'm preaching, you're probably going to see I have a tattoo on my finger. Um, that's an issue. You can vote no. Um, you know, I, when Jeanette got cancer, um, she told me if she passed away, I could remarry. And I wanted to make a very clear statement that I had no intentions to do so. Um, and I'm going to talk about some things this morning that we, we get worried about a whole lot and not what really matters. And um, I can have a theological discussion over it and what it says in the Old Testament. Um, it is not referencing what exists on my finger, but what the Israelites were doing in the presence of Egyptian idolatry for fertility. So again, I, I don't come to you in ignorance, um, and there's just some things I think we expect in a defense for that should be left to the Lord. Judgment belongs to Him. And so folks, I mean, my goal, if the Lord calls us here, is to go after the roughest, toughest, meanest folks in this community. And if you can't love them, then we're wasting our time. There's going to be nothing but conflict ahead of us, all right? We don't fix families. We don't fix communities, and we don't fix a country by finding those that just fit the mold. We go after every single person that the Lord dies for. Man, woman, boy, and girl. Amen? 
Now, I'm supposed to get a message across to you today. I feel convicted of that. The more you amen me, the more I'm going to think you're with me. I don't have anything else to do today. My plane doesn't leave till 7 o'clock in the morning. So you determine how quickly this ends by your cooperation. Deal? All right. I like it. I grew up Baptist, but I think I should have been a Pentecostal. So I might get a little out of hand. Um, and I just ask those guys at the back, keep your hand on the volume. You never know what's coming. I think church ought to be fun, don't you? All right, so I, I might tell a joke here and there. Life's short, life's hard. Eternity is going to be wonderful, and it ought to put us all in a good mood, right? I love hearing you sing. I like the laughter. I like the clapping. I've never heard a church sing this loud, so that excites me. Jeanette told me yesterday when we was heading back to the hotel, you almost made her cry when you were singing. It wasn't even a worship service. And I'm thoroughly convinced that the depths of hell gather every Sunday morning. Because we're going to see in just a second that the churches have angels. And those angels, what must their role be other than to prepare and engage the worship service? And it says that the clapping of God's hands are what? Spikes into the depths of hell and Satan himself. So as we gathered, as we prepared together this morning, I just wondered, did the depths of hell consider our assembly as a threat to his agenda and the prosperity of his kingdom, or are we no threat at all? And we determine that by our resolve, our dedication, our passion for the purpose of person of Jesus Christ and the purity, the clarity, the purpose, the commission, and the truth of his word. You agree with that? Ah, we might get somewhere. Revelations chapter 2, if you're there in God's Word, you use your phone, your iPad, whatever you need to, that's fine. No Twittering. Facebook, do y'all know what Twitter is? All right, I'm looking in, okay, some of you do, some of you, is that a food? Is it lunch? I like to smell a bacon in God's house on Sunday morning. Just gets me excited. I don't know what's going to happen today, but I will have a piece of bacon before the day's over. <laughs> Revelations chapter 2. If you're there, would you join me by standing out of respect and recognition for his infallible, inerrant word that serves as the final authority in all matters of faith and practice. He didn't come for my opinion. I didn't come for yours. If we don't gather around this, we gather around nothing that's of any truth or relativity for the right direction for our kids, ourselves, our country, this world. And it says, write to the angel of the church in Ephesus, thus says the one, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands, I know your works, he says. And many of you have heard this passage before. And if you don't get anything new, I'll give you a full refund for admission today. Deal? All right, let's keep going. I know your works, your labor, your endurance, and that you as a church cannot tolerate evil people. You have tested those who call themselves apostles or not, and you found them even more that, that they are liars. I know that you have persevered and endured hardship for the sake of my name, and you have not grown weary, but church, I've got to tell you, I have this thing against you. You see, church, you've abandoned the love you had at first. So he says, church, remember then how far you have fallen. Repent, which means don't just ask for forgiveness. 
Don't just go and apologize, but turn and remember this is severe, a severe penalty against the Lord to not love him, what he accomplished you for. Church, listen, if that's where you're at, you need to turn away and never go back there again. Remember, church, how far you were here and now you're here. Remember how far you've fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. Otherwise, I will come to you and I will remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Let's pray. Lord, we ask this morning that the fire would fall, the wind would blow, that your glory would come down. That your people will leave inspired and encouraged to a life of righteousness. One to convey hope, the hope of the gospel, not a hope that we've earned, but a hope given. Lord Jesus, you are the only name under heaven among men by which we must be saved. May that name resonate from the love in our eyes to the warmth in our embraces, to the clarity of our resolve and the depth of our conviction. May we repent. And do the things we did at first. It is in that name of the Holy One, the Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. It is in the name, the One, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You be seated. You know, throughout Scripture, one of the most beautiful things about marriage is that it's the parallel It's our illustration throughout life through the process of sanctification, through the process of marriage. We are called to go back to understand that relationship between a husband and wife. And so as as we've been married now 20 years, been 20 amazing years, not without challenges, not without hardship, but life is beautiful. And so when we first started dating, she never touched a door. Gentlemen, anybody else? Gentlemen, did you ever open your door for your wives? Raise your hand and say amen. Come on now. I'm about to trap you. You know I am, but go ahead and admit it. I remember I'd rush. And I, oh boy, I remember calling her. You remember? Darling, this, I couldn't stand her to leave me. I couldn't wait to see her. And she never touched the door. Boy, I'd open them things. Well, we'd been married a bit. We went to Walmart. And I'd get out, and she'd wait on me, and I'd go around, and I'd open her door, and I'd, you know, get her out. And, well, I don't know what happened this day, guys. I have no clue. But I jumped out of my truck, and I'm always in a hurry. I don't know why I'm in a hurry. There ain't no reason to be in a hurry. I'm always just running. Guns. So I got out of the truck. Boy, I headed right in. <laughs> and normally, she's right here. I, I walk fast. I'm taller. You know, I'm moving. I'm always in a... I look back, and she's looking out the car window. <laughs> and I thought, oh, 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 how did that slip my mind? It's something I had done all the time. But so easy. Got away from me. And so in this passage, he's saying there's so many things. There's so many things that we tend to try to do, right? But we, we forget sometimes the why, the purpose of it. The hope of it, the beauty of it, the passion of it, the pursuit of it. We just get caught in the doing 
rather than the remembering. Oh, I felt absolutely terrible. And so here's it gets worse. When I look back and she goes, I was like, come on. I mean, I didn't just forget. I just plumb went dumb, right? Guys, have you ever done anything dumb? I just thought, goodness, Craig. And then, so I went and got out and she goes, well, I thought I was just waiting on you to open the door. I said, yeah, I know. Well, when I read this passage, I can't help but think, Lord, maybe we as a church, we used to open the doors. We used to open the door. Men, and I'm, I'm pretty rough on guys, all right? I mean, we not only used to open the door for our wives, but we used to open the door for the Lord in our lives a lot. And somewhere, right, we just, we got caught up in the doing, and we forgot the love and the, the pursuing, the cherishing. And as we go through life, marriage should not become more complacent. It should become more passionate. Oh, I don't want to kiss that little girl more than I've ever wanted to kiss her. Folks, I don't think we should talk about these things. Have you read Song of Solomon? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, we gotten so appropriate that we don't deal with life. Now, so let's look at a few things. I normally only have three points. Today I have four. I have 13 minutes. I'm going to be waiting a little longer for bacon, all right? So here we go. Let's look at point number one. Love for morality. Morality is a great thing. It says, write to the angel, and again, each church had the angel, each church represented a lampstand, which was to be placed on a hill, right, a city on a hill, a city not hidden, a light not hidden for the world, for the community to see. And so we must assume that God in his divine sovereignty recognized a need for this community and saw fit to put this church here. So when we assess our value, our fulfillment and our responsibility in the Great Commission and where we've been sovereignly placed, I would ask the church, and we must continue to ask our church, does the community value your presence? And where is your impact on your community? Do the children that are hungry and hurting, do the foster kids in this community know that the church is here? Do the widows in the community know this church is here? Because remember, he told us to do some things that were real clear, real specific. And we can't ignore those. We can't ignore that charge. So let's get to it, the morality. He says, I know your works, your labor, and your endurance. And that you cannot tolerate evil people. Now that sounds like a really good thing to me. I know your works, I know your labor, so I'm toiling constantly. I'm, I'm giving a lot of effort, but effort without focus and effort without purpose. You see, that'll wear you out. It's hard to fake something, you know it? Have you ever met a fake person? Sunday morning, has this ever happened to you? Get in the car, kids! We're going to church right now! And I don't... Don't you give me no lip... Get in the car. You better smile when we walk in that church. <laughs> right? Or, honey, are you, you ready yet? You better be quiet, old man. I'm getting ready. And then, when you walk in the church. <laughs> right? We've all done it. We've all woke up in a bad mood with a bad attitude. Completely. <clears throat> our heart completely in a space separate 
from the love of Jesus Christ. The passion, the tenderness of his love. So he says, oh, church, I'm watching and you're living right. Now let's go back to marriage. How many of us would say, and and marriage, I think, is where revival starts. I think we can pray for revival in our churches all day. But tell our husbands, submit to the lordship and the servanthood under the king of kings and lord of lords. Our wives won't follow. Friend, the revival starts in a marriage. And gentlemen, it starts with you. And so he says, oh, church, I'm watching you. But there's no reason, really, you're doing what you're doing other than you're trained to do it. Now, as Southern Baptists, we have been, I would say, specifically successful in teaching people how to behave, but not why they should desire that behavior. And friend, that just wears a fella out, you know it? You can only do the right thing for the wrong reason for so long. And then you ever wonder, you ever see people come into church on fire, maybe they're saved, or maybe you remember when you were saved and that, that joy of your salvation, and then you started hanging out with God's people and you just realized they really weren't that excited about this Jesus guy? And you think, man, they're just, they're, they're at church. But there's no joy, there's no excitement. How are you doing? Oh, I'm, I've been better. Guys, this, this is the prettiest morning I've ever lived in. Never seen the smell, the birds, the sunshine. Y'all, sunshine is, it's like heaven until I'm sure it's going to turn into some other place <laughs> come July. <laughs> but right now, this is beautiful. I don't know how we can't be excited. So let's, let, let's, we got to move quick. So a love for morality and living right does not compare to love for Jesus Christ. Now, love for Jesus Christ produces this product, but doing it will never... Have you ever heard, fake it till you make it? I'm finishing my counseling, and that is the worst advice you can give somebody. Now, if your husband came to me, and he was struggling in marriage, would you want me to tell him, hey, Joe, if your name's Joe, I ain't talking to you, all right? (laughs) Hey, Joe... Wife's a little cantankerous, all right? I've been around her a little bit. If you're Joe's wife, I'm not talking about you, all right? (laughs) But Joe, I've I've met your wife, and she's pretty tough now, but you made a commitment, so here's what I'm going to go back to, Joe. Fake your love for her. Hmm. Does that make any sense? No, no, I'm going to say, Joe, would you commit to that young lady? Would you commit to that woman? You committed... I mean, I remember waiting on Miss Jeanette when she came down. Absolutely stunning, still beautiful. But I remember I was expecting one commitment. And that was forever. That she would pursue me with every passion, with every energy, only second to Jesus Christ. That was the deal. So if any of you advise her and you tell her to fake it, no thank you, right? I want everything she's got. I want every ounce of energy, investment, every hope, every fear, every wound. I want everything. That's what Jesus is saying. Just because it looks right, just because you can go through the motions, just because you have a, a, a concern about behavior. And here's the other thing. 
This is a tougher one in a whole other sermon. And my time is evading quickly. You add to this any standard, it's heresy. Okay? The church should not hold any standard that is above that of a sovereign creator. So it says, do not change one. Don't add or take away, right? So church, well, in the future, I'm not going to hold a standard for you. God does not have. Let's go on. Number two. Love for theology. It says, you have tested those who call themselves apostles, and they're not, and you found them to be liars. So not only are you really concerned with, with how you look to others, how you behave, but you're also concerned with what they have to teach. Now, I'll tell you, we're living in the greatest generation of biblical illiteracy the world has ever seen. And I would admonish anybody of Christ who has an understanding about their doctrine. Baptist polity, the Baptist faith and message, if you know what that is, I applaud you. But that is not the most, I'll tell you how Baptist I am. So this little girl wanted to be baptized, and I forgot. Is that baptistry heated? I mean, I just know sometimes y'all run hot water, water pops outside, and I've never seen that in my life. Well, but where I come from, they'd freeze nine months of the year. So I didn't know if y'all that tough or dumb. I didn't know. So here's what happened. So this little girl, what is she, six? She's about six. Well, they called. She had been saved the Sunday in kids' church. So the parents called me and told me to get the baptistry ready. I forgot. It was November, and everything where we're from was just cold. Especially water, right? That's its nature, to be cool. Well, I was like, fill it up. If she can do it, I can do it. I don't wear waders. If I ask somebody to do something, I do it too. All right? So I was like, what you do? I was like, sweetheart, you ready? Uh huh. Okay. Dad, um, I can't remember his name. Aubrey. So I was like, Aubrey, you want to get in there with us? He goes, oh, yeah, I'll do it. Okay. So I was like, boys, fill it up. So it filled up the whole service. Now, you know what baptizo in Greek means, right? Immersion. That means you go under the water. So I was like, I'm going to get in there first. Service is over. And I was like, I stuck my foot in and just went numb. I thought, oh, Jesus, help me. Just help me. So I, I went on and it got harder as I went in. And when I did, and I, I'm mic'd, right? <laughs> and my mic's on, so I'm <laughs> And so I get in there and go, come on. And that little girl, she was so sweet. Such a cute little, Put her foot in her guys go. And I was like, come on. We, we're going to do this. So she eased in, and she got in there, dad, or got, dad got in there, I'm in her little lip, and I said, sweetie, and who, whom, whom have you placed your trust in? Jesus. Said, well, that's good, baby. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Well, upon your public profession of faith, it's a joy for me to baptize you as your brother, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, for we are buried. And I went down, and that girl locked up like a mannequin. She was grabbing the sides of that baptistry. So that water went all the way right here. And she was just looking at me. It was so cold. But I thought, I'm a Baptist. Little sis got to go down. So I had her head back of her little neck. and had my nose in her hand. And she was just right there. 
And so she was trying to pull herself back up thinking it was over. Uh-uh. I felt her loosen up a little bit. Boom! She come out of there like she just walked through the gates of heaven. Yeah, I felt so sorry for her, but I had to, I had to be Baptist. Folks, theology is important. You ought to know what you believe and why. And it shouldn't be because some pastor told you to believe that way. It should be a result of your own exploration and understanding of the depths and the truths of God's Word. The living right, believing right, doesn't compare to being in love with Jesus. Let's go on to number three real quick, folks. The best short sermon I'm sure you've ever heard was one of the shortest. And it always helps with the vote. So we're going to move quick. Number three. I know that you have per- persevered and endured hardship for the sake of my name and have not grown weary. So you also got methodology, which is how you do things. That as a, churches, traditional churches, contemporary churches, blended churches, whatever the case is, we all have a history of methodology, which is how we do what we do. So not only are we concerned with morality, not only are we concerned with theology, but also methodology in that, you know what, These are the, this is the way we've done it. This is the way we need to do it. And I'm not going to get out of the necessity of change over time. You folks have done very well with what you've been entrusted with. And I recognize and appreciate that. But he's saying, in short, what you do, what you believe, and how you do it doesn't compare to who you're in love with. And number four, a love for his deity. But he says, I have this against you. I have this against you. I've watched, I've observed, I've counted, I've measured, I've separated, and I want to respond, church. This is the voice of Jesus to the church. This is the voice of Jesus to you. I watch you. I know what you do. I know why you do it. I know where you do it. I know what you think. I know where you go and I know what you say. And child, I need you to come back and love me. You, you may read your Bible, but do you read it with excitement and a passion to know who he is or just because you're supposed to? Marriages, men and women, husband and wives, what do the kids see? What does Jesus see? There's more than just staying married. If Christ's love for his bride, the church, is our parallel to our love for our spouses, would you want him to love you like you love them? I'm just going to ask you, men. Could you be more tender, compassionate, gracious, with your wives, ladies, we're a hopeless cause. But could you be more patient, loving, supportive? I'm going to tell you the best thing. You know how simple we are? Growing up, we had rabbit dogs. Anybody here ever run rabbit dogs? Boy, that's some fun, hearing them things yelp and chasing them all over God's country, losing them, you know, finding them a week later. Well, we had old, oh, I'm sorry, it's such a redneck illustration. That's all I got. Well, we get them beagles out and we carry biscuits. Now, a beagle ain't that sharp if you've ever worked with them. I don't even think they learned their name. 
They know a shot caller. That's about all I know. But we let them out, and we give them biscuit. Now, they go run that rabbit. If it's a three-minute run, we got the rabbit, we give them biscuit. All right? Sometimes we let them out, and they'd run three hours before we got that rabbit. Guess what they still got? It's simple, folks. This is simple. They didn't know how far they run. You know, we like our lawn to look good. Mama likes it to look sharp. You know all it takes for me to feel like the king of my home is her to tell me, good job. Biscuit. I don't care if I got a weed eat every time or not. Man, ladies, I'm telling you, God's saying, throwing food at him, but showing him the appreciation. Now, men, you better be a man she can appreciate. And I'm going to go a little farther. You better be a man she can trust. If you vote yes in just a minute, and I come and I find out any of you messing around with your wives, we're going to deal with it. Do you understand? There ain't no place for that mess. There ain't no place for this porn, men and women. This, this ain't got no place in marriage. And I've had young families come to counseling and tell me that helps their intimacy. If that helps your intimacy, you don't know what intimacy is and what God intended for it to be. All right, there's just some things, folks, that's true. But you're going to show up in God's house and pretend? No. I ain't going to come down here and play games with you. And we ain't going to be perfect. We ain't going to do stupid things. Scripture's pretty clear on a, a lot of things. And friend, what makes what's crazy is, boy, we'll make a big deal about things he didn't mention. And we're living with things he did mention. The preceding message was presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about Bayou Vista, including contact info, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.